Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. And then suddenly you hear the faint sound of harps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. buddy. God is with us. After speaking with a familiar ghostly presence. Sardas has perished. But there are others, Ashpeak. There are others, and they must be defeated before facing Volstice. The heroes broke down a barricade. The creatures are these towering menaces with a horrible vertically aligned mouth. Oh, oh no! Oh, no! Unleashing invisible horrors. First claw is a 30. Miss! Oh! Because of the Lindy of Defense! Protected by God! <laughs> God himself appeared before us and God described his dinner right. plans for the evening! <laughs> that began to squeeze their way out. Oh my goodness. This is what he's going to do. This creature starts moving up. And as he does so, his body like flattens and compresses. And he slides over the wall. The adventure continues. His body is just like flat as a pancake. And he appears on the other side, still semi-compressed. Right next to Metra and Nestor. No. I had a dream last night, and usually I'm pretty good with remembering my dreams, uh, and, and as we've talked about in the past uh, on this show or another show, sometimes I can control my dreams and just start having sex with everything. But last <laughs> night was one of those dreams that really got away from me. It was the kind of dream where I kept waking up and had to tell myself, it's not real, it's not real, and then I'd go back to sleep and end up like in a different scene in this movie, like I would skip forward in time. And I wish, I wish I had a notebook next to me, because I'm like, this would be a thriller of a movie that would win all the Academy Awards, but I can't remember all of it. It basically, somehow I was with a friend of mine, and my friend was a friend, but he was also occasionally like a Sasha Baron Cohen type character, and then he was sometimes Don Cheadle. Uh, And because we were talking about Don Cheadle randomly yesterday, Mm -hmm. and so he kind of slipped into my uh, collective uh, unconscious. And does that ever happen to you? Like, people just start changing in the dream? You'll be like, oh yeah, you're making love to a beautiful woman, and they get recast halfway through the through the show. Yeah, Yeah. it's your dad. Oh, the setting too. I'll be like, and then we were in my grandmom's house, yeah. but it wasn't really my grandmom's house. It was still kind of the other thing. Yeah, right. I, I have a follow up to this time. that involves Skid. It kept changing. So. His oh. his character kept changing. This I want to hear. Right. Yeah. It was in the middle of having sex with a woman, <laughs> and then it was. Skid. And then I was having sex with and then Skid. Was having sex with me. <laughs> and I was like, ah, all right, let me finish and move on to the rest of the dream. <laughs> um, but it was so. Let's say it was Sasha Baron Cohen, and we were at a hotel or a motel together, and it was pretty clear that we had done some bad stuff, and we were trying to get out of there. Uh, but we, we were trying to do it in a way that was surreptitious, so that people wouldn't know that we were the ones responsible for this. And so I had to go return the rental car in order to close something out. They were like, you can't close that out until you return the rental car and sign the contract. (laughs) And for some reason, uh, while I was doing that, we had to call a masseuse to the room. And Sasha Baron Cohen's character had to kill her. 
That was that was the deal. Whoa, wow. that we had to we had to wipe out the masseuse, and if that didn't happen, we were going to be in big trouble. So my job was returning the car, signing the contract. His job was to <laughs> was kill killing masseuse. someone. <laughs> so I was returning the car, and it was a long drive. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, we cannot kill this masseuse. This is a terrible. Idea. It's murder. We can't do it. How did we get this far? How did this spiral murder, and I'm an accomplice. That's like murder. <laughs> I'm just trying to return a rental car. <laughs> and so I return the car, and I come back. And I'm like, I hope he didn't do it. I hope he didn't do it. I hope he didn't do it. And I walk in there and he's gone. And I don't see blood everywhere. And I'm like, oh, God, maybe he decided not to do it. Maybe he just said, fuck it. I'm leaving him. I I can't do this. And so I'm walking around this motel type room. And then I see a big bin laying there that wasn't there a second ago. And I look at the bin and it's covered in like dirt and hay like it had been dragged through the woods. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. And I open up the bin, and it looks like somebody had hosed it down, and I see chunks of blood in it. And oh. I'm like, oh, my God. He killed the stripper. He killed the stripper. Wait, stripper now? Who's uh, the stripper? Not stripper. Wait. Masseuse. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing. What are your, your massage experience? <laughs> normally, normally, there's a murder of a stripper involved. In this case, it was a masseuse. Um, maybe she moonlit as a stripper. Uh, or she did the day shift, and she masseused at night. I don't know. Man. But the point is... She have a lot of credit card debt or something <laughs> she's dead now and there's chunks wow. of her in this bin i'm like holy shit i get it and that's when i woke up and i was like well in my room and I'm like, okay oh it's not a, it, that's not real i'm not an accomplice for murder and then i went back to sleep <laughs> and something else happened but at a certain point uh this had went on this felt like it went on for hours and i kept waking up and realizing oh i didn't all right i'm not i'm not guilty of uh of murder uh i just go back to sleep and then at a certain point i'm walking down the boardwalk with samantha and her friend and i'm like and we're laughing about it like remember that time you killed your accomplice i was like yeah i'm like i just take that and i remember saying this dream i take that thought and i just bury it and then we laughed we laughed and we went to the beach that was it wow well that begs the question have you ever been an accomplice to a murder and have you buried the thought you know, I wonder. It was that type of dream where I really woke up and I'm like, did, holy shit, did I fuck Skid? When I was. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever have those dreams? You're like, I, that didn't happen, right? Did we get wasted? Did somebody slip us a drink and I accidentally yeah. fucked Skid? Yeah. I, <laughs> but it was the same thing. I was like, did, did I. Mur- no, I didn't murder someone. I, I, did I? That is the worst. Those really intense dreams oh. where you have spent like a half hour after you wake up saying, like, did, did I really do that? And yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. My dreams, I hate my dreams. I hate all of them. They all suck. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. As you were saying your dream, I was like, I was like, I Just know. fevered cheese dreams. <laughs> fever cots and fever pizza dreams. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, deep dish. <laughs> I know when you were starting to explain your dream, I was like, I know where this one's going because it's where all of my dreams go and they're so horrible. And I think that this happens to a lot of people. It's like a psychological thing. But you were like, my accomplice has to go murder the masseuse and I have to return the rental car. My dream is eternally returning the rental car. That's my dream. So like I just drive and drive and drive and then I miss the exit and then I'm like, ah, and then, and then all of a sudden I'm like at a Wendy's just like eating a burger and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I have to return this rental car. And then I run back to the car and then I go and I go and then I'm just parked on the side of the road, like looking at my phone or something like I have to go return this rental car, like over and over and over. And these, are what my dreams are like constantly. Wow. I'm never getting done the thing I'm supposed to get oh, done or I've finding my hotel room. I can't find my hotel room for like mm. hours and hours. And then suddenly I'm just like, 
doing something completely innocuous as if like everything's under control. And then I'm like, I have to get a flight. I'm like, I'm going to miss my flight because I didn't get my suit from the hotel. Like, it, do you so guys stressful? Do you guys have Pathfinder dreams where like it usually happens to me after a long session or before a long session, I will be up in and out of sleep all night trying to do the math to like add things up for mm-hmm. a fortitude save or something, but it's like a never ending fortitude save. And so I'll wake up and I'm like, all right, I just got to figure this out. If I add 20, I'm like, will you stop it? It's a dream. And then you go back to sleep and you're like, all right, carry the four. And th- and it goes, this feels like it goes on for hours. It's always after a long sesh. That happened to me when I was, I was so stressed prepping alien for new game. Who does? Oh, Cause yeah. it was like a three day turnaround. And I completely dove into this narrative that I wrote with McDermott and Matt Jones. And I was just like living this brief hell dream of these like soldiers uh, or miners or whatever. And I'm just like laying in bed and then it started to go lucid. You know what I mean? You don't know if you're mm-hmm. awake. You don't know if you're asleep and just like, it starts with planning out what happens if this, what happens if this, and then you're just like actually in it, but not in a fun way. <laughs> like It was just, it, I couldn't sleep. Like I kept waking up, like thinking of things. <sighs> I've, had, I've had plenty of dreams where I have like a, a it's similar. Like I have, I have like a small m- m- manual task. I yes. can't do like Ugh. changing the batteries in a remote control. Yes, or something. Right. I just can't do it. <laughs> it lasts hours. It lasts hours. Yeah. No, but the one I had most recently that was like yours, right? I just kept waking up and going and going back into the story. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't scary like that. It was. So I was. I was. I was out visiting Skid, who in this uh, in this dream was a part of an adventuring club that would go through <laughs> tracks uh, like a mountain pass ever in the winter when it was re- like when the when, in, in when it was snowing and there was snow on the ground mm-hmm. and they would they would either travel by helicopter like part of the group went via helicopter and the other part of the group traveled in some sort of uh like horse pulled car like not a wagon <laughs> but it was like a Denver, like a, just like a Bronco or something. It was like they would, they would, they would just pull along through the snow and they would alternate. Like at the end of the day, they're like, Oh, you're in the helicopter tomorrow. And I understood all that. <laughs> and I met up with them somewhere in this tiny town in the mountains. And there was a play and we all went to go see the play that night. And it was written by a guy that was also in the adventuring group who was a, like a weird mishmash of like a, this playwright I really admire and this comic book writer who I was reading at the same time. And they were like, did you, you told me this. I right? told you this. Yeah, you told me about that. So they would go back and forth and Skid and I were sitting in the audience watching the play. And then afterwards they, we all went out to dinner and we went to this place that was effectively a little house with a trailer backed up against it. But everyone was referring to it as a pre-resort. <laughs> <laughs> because they because they had gambling on Sundays. It's <laughs> a free resort. And I, and I just remember sitting there, like the thing you got was like this massive roast, and I was just sitting there looking at the menu, being like, "What are the vegetarian options? Yeah, I can't eat this." <laughs> and then you uh, took Skid back to your tent and passionately made love. <laughs> right. Made love to him. <laughs> made sweet, sweet love. Yeah. Now, how long were you in the period of time in which you were convinced you murdered someone? Because I've murdered someone at the beginning of a dream and then dreamt for what felt like hours and it was agony to be you're like, like on the run <laughs> not like on the run i'm like looking at my neighbor's shifty eyes through the blinds oh, and just yeah. like everybody knows they yeah. all know it's awful it's yes. the absolute yeah. worst it felt like it went on the entire night i kept waking up and linus would be there like what what do you want and uh i just it, it was it was terrifying i was like i'm i'm going to live the rest of my life knowing that i murdered someone and that i'm eventually going to get caught yeah i, I don't have any specific memories of an actual murder uh, in a dream ever, but I have very clear memories of like 
the dream starts and I've already murdered right, someone. Right. And I'm just like at home, like I thinking about the evidence that was left behind. 100%. You know, and stressing out. I dreamt, uh, uh, I dreamt a few days ago that I had enrolled in some classes at the University of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more like future prediction. Any classes in particular? I can't remember. Continuing but it was, education. Oh, it's a history, some like history of, uh, history of Ontario or something. <laughs> and it was a really nice dream. I just, uh, I'm Actually, having very pleasant dreams lately. I could imagine you just doing that. I'd love to do that. Just audit a, class, a history class? I fucking love that. If I lived in Toronto, that's, I'd be there every day. <laughs> I really want to go back to Canada. We need to do a, just a straight-up Canadian tour. I wish we could. I would love that. I would I love to go do back that. to Alberta, go back to Banff. It's the fucking best. We should play Banff. Oh, just like Mountainside? Do they have an outdoor uh, John there? It's all outdoor Johns. Uh, <laughs> Sam and I went a couple years ago in June. June. Okay, you get there, and it's just... Beautiful mountain town. The weather is perfect. It's sunny, but it's cool. It's nice. The second day we were there, June, end of June, beginning of July, second day we were there, snowstorm, whiteout snowstorm. And then the next day it goes back to like early summer. It was strange. I was like, we have to move here immediately. This is amazing. (laughs) Didn't Canada just reopen their border to vaccinated Americans? Yes. Maybe they did. I think I'm just looking. I'm trying to look it up right now, but I think they did. And I think. That means it's time for us to go up, up to America's hat. They did. And right, right now, as of recording, it's easy to get into because the lines aren't that long. And they don't really ask that many questions on the way in. But they, they are turning of all of our murder records. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, we wouldn't withstand much questioning. I also want to just fully acknowledge that I understand that um, as much as Canada is America's hat, we are their pants. So yes. it's all a matter of... Yeah. Perspective. We wear the pants around here. No, we are. No, we are. Do you hear that hat? We are. Do you hear that hat? <laughs> Nobody likes you, Fedora. <laughs> we should do it. I'm working on the 2022 tour dates as we speak. Watch out, Canada, because by 2024, we might be coming right at you. you know, Brace yourselves, Alberta. I feel ready for like. It's not like you're speaking to a woman. <laughs> like one woman listener. I feel ready for a, a, a wintry outdoor adventure like a Canadian Mountie because I don't think any of you have noticed, uh, but I've made a dream a reality and it's turned into a real nightmare. I decided to shave everything but my mustache today. November is coming early. It's uh, truly awful. And my father has had his whole adult life with a mustache. So I'm mostly keeping it now, even though it looks awful to really freak out my family members. (laughs) So the first picture they see, there's no, let me tell you, it's not so bad. I've done the mustache a couple times. I started for a Movember once. And then one other time I was like, you know what? This is kind of fun. I'm going to do it again. Uh, It's a little creepy. Uh, You don't look as weird if you're walking around Brooklyn, but it feels nice. You get to, taste yesterday's meal every once in a while what, what concerns me is that i look like a uh, extra on chips because i have this kind of <laughs> long swept over hair like i look like a cop from the 70s you look, yeah you look like you're about 14 mm, thank you <laughs> you look like you're like hanging out in playgrounds without a kid <laughs> oh, no 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 <laughs> oh, hey man is this your ball this is why it's become a nightmare this dream <laughs> that i've manifested you just need some two-tone sunglasses to go with the look mm-hmm well, let's move from our dreams to your character's nightmares. <laughs> 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 Anime bad guy. Uh, you guys have been exploring this level of the keep, Ironcloud keep, nay, 
Zephyr Hall, and you came to a room where you talked to your old buddy Renfall again. He came and he gave you some uh, pretty sweet details about the plan, if he can pull it off. It was good to see him. It's good to see him. It's not every day you see God. Uh, Renfall came in, and then you went down this hallway, and there was a barricade there that seemed like it was keeping something from getting out. But boldly, you blasted it away, walked into this room, and fought these crazy Demogorgon-like creatures. Only Metra could see all four of them, because they were invisible. One is now dead. Two of the remaining three have made themselves visible. And then one, right at the end of the episode, double-moved past a hungry pit and compressed its body like... uh, like a creature out of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, kind of like, so it could slide by that tiny little space left between the edge of the pit and the wall. So it just slid past that, and now it's right up in the business of both Metra, Nestor, and pretty close to Baron. Baron, you don't know what kind of reach this thing has. You're only 15 feet away. It might be able to reach you. And only Metra can see it. There were some uh, comments about my light situation and what i forgot to mention or if i did mention i didn't stress it enough all those windows are boarded up that's why it's dark in there the map is not very accurate i think the cartographer needs to talk to the writer next time because those windows were boarded up so there's no light getting in it's also important because it it makes you think like all right so they they barricaded the the hallway they don't want these things getting out and they don't want them going out the windows as well makes sense if they can compress their bodies to fit by these tiny pits they don't want them slipping out the windows so the windows were all boarded up as well you know what else is inaccurate i have c invisibility cast so i can see them too you big dumb dumb well that's rude i know i think when we finally get to talk to volsus we should really give him some uh just give him a little uh, guff about he couldn't. Was, apparently, he's the storm tyrant, most powerful giant all, all in all Galarian, master of the dragon or whatever. And he couldn't take a couple of demogorgons. He couldn't deal with this problem, this infestation <laughs> yeah. in his house. Yeah, we, we took care of it. For, we're gonna, about to take care of yeah, it. For he him. should pay us. Yeah. I think he's actually a master strategist because he understands that a precocious group of adventurers like the four of us are going to explore every nook and cranny. And it's just more chances for him to kill one of us. Well, it's also just us getting more XP. Mm-hmm. We're just leveling up every time we get one of these nuisances. It's just us getting more and more powerful the time that we do actually face him. Mm-hmm. Also, look so. at this sweet real estate. You wouldn't want to ha- You wouldn't want to make this a little like... You know, you could put a home theater in here. You really could. Oh, it's a C- an amazing home theater. It's a C-suite corner office, baby. This yeah. is wasted on these gorgons. He could have, he could have installed a a new cloud engineer in here. How you done? <laughs> it looks like it used to be a wine cellar, and all the wine barrels have been smashed. Maybe they're just wasted. Or are they just keeping the demogorgons for uh, or the gugs for a reason? I like, guess they're going to use them. I did reveal to you off air after the show that they are indeed called gugs. Um, they're a little bit of a different variation from your run-of-the-mill gug. But, uh, yeah, why are they here? How did they get here? You guys thought, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you were going to come up here and fight a ton of giants. And you really, while you have fought some giants, some cloud giants that defected during the Storm Tyrants takeover, and then some recently some Ash Peak guards that uh, moved on up to the east side, you've been mainly fighting a lot of weird creatures, some of which from other planes and other dimensions. What do you think that's all about? 
I just think the storm tyrant can't keep his house in order. Yeah, well, this, he's getting desperate. He's pulling at all planes of existence and all species of monster and all evil gods, followers, and But cultists. is it deliberate on his part, or is there something about this structure that makes the walls between worlds thinner and allows things to pass through? Could be. I would just hope that uh, that he would be, you know, like, like Matthew said, like, could take care of his own house, you know. Is it's not really his losing though. control. That's the thing too. Is yeah. like he's a recent, like maybe didn't do like a full like home inspection before <laughs> he's in a hurry. Didn't get the Matt. You know about all that. Both just, you guys know about all yeah. the process. Didn't go through escrow like any of that stuff. Nobody disclosed there were gugs in here. No disclosure. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, didn't, didn't, he didn't do his final walk before my closing. Didn't do the got to do the final walkthrough. There might this place could be full of radon. We'll we, have, the, we should put cloths over our mouths. Yeah, we'll keep the gugs, but I'd like you to knock twenty thousand off the price. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with we'll, the gugs. We'll yeah, we'll we got gugs. a gug guy. <laughs> I have no my gug own gug guy. guy. I have my own gug guy. He gave us an estimate. Just take twenty k. Did, did you get three gug estimates before you went with them? <laughs> no, I just I, I, I'm friends with this one guy. Just because he's a friend, friend doesn't mean he won't rake you over the coals, You'd bro. Be a fool not to use Jim's gug removal. <laughs> but that's who we are. We are Jim's gug removal right now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Leave our business card in the room. Yeah, we're, we're the gug removal guys. <laughs> guys. The next band of heroes when they search the room will just find a business card. That's, Jim's yeah, gug removal. <laughs> we better hold on to this. That's the other thing. The property value of this place is shooting up every day that we're here. <laughs> Seriously. We need a commission or something. We should talk to the uh, ghost of that cloud giant whose name I always forget. Renfall? Renfall about getting a little equity in this place before we finish cleaning it out. Yeah. We, and we, plus, we negotiate now. He did say. When we've got the leverage. He kind of offered. Yep. He kind of, he kind of, in, in so many words, said like, "If you can, you can take the castle. It's, it's yours." But so the, wait, we can take over the world. Yeah, we can. And the best thing is, because God lives here, tax free. Yep. <laughs> That's right. It's a flying church. <laughs> yeah. Religious exemption. Now the, ta- the taxes aren't what, what scare me. It's the insurance on this place. No, the insurance is tough. Yeah, the deductible well, be enormous. Except, would we get a huge exemption for act of God? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, boy. oh boy! I think we can we can hash out all these details if we can make it to the extra planer Cracker Barrel he goes to for his four o'clock dinner. Yeah, and uh, really just get some mash. <laughs> the Stuckies head down to the Stuckies. Well, think about it. You you obviously defeated Grenzel. You defeated the. Let's go back to True Now. You defeated the Orc raid on True Now, but that was really part of Grenzeldeck's plan to impress the Storm Tyrant. So when you wiped out the fort and wiped out the the Orcs there and made that group disband, you didn't really deal a mass blow to the storm tyrant that started to happen when you went to Minderhall's Valley and made all those uh, you know up and coming recruits disband and then you went to the elite training camps of Skirkala or, or the Skirkaling tribe and defeated all those guys made them disband then you went to the best of the best the ones that were going to be the leaders of these giants and wiped them all out inside of Ash Peak but there are still Tons of giants left in the world. There is an undead army out there that was uh, sort of uh, flying to the banners of Skirkatla that wiped out Highbury. There's got to be still people that are rallying themselves to the Storm Tyrant's banner. Just you've put a, a big wrench in his plans. But now when you get in the castle, you realize that he's doing deals with otherworldly creatures. Mm. The threat is still very real. And if you're not able to wipe out the Storm Tyrant, the world is the world's in rough shape. 
Well, that's why it's so important that the chapel at Menderhall or the temple at Menderhall is operating as the way it is to be like an anti-propaganda arm. Because if he like gets word out that we're just going around slaughtering bands of giants, it would you know garner even more people to his side. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that like maybe we can drop little pamphlets uh, detailing what's going on in this fucked up cloud castle to 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 dissuade further giants from teaming up with this guy because he's got some bad friends, man. Some bad mama jammas. Well, some bad influences. Let's just jump right back in here. Uh, That last Gug that went uh, slid up next to Nestor and Baron. I have a note here uh, that Crushing Despair slash Good Hope will end one round after Nestor's turn. I wrote it weird, but I think that means you're going to get the benefits of Good Hope. My guys that failed to save are going to get the uh, penalty of Crushing Despair for this round up until the following round, and it will end uh, on Nestor's turn next round. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Okay. Then it is the top of a new round, and it is Baron's turn. Baron, Ooh. you are 15 feet away from this thing. You see it. Um, and then you can see past the pit. There's a lot going on. Now, don't forget, there are spike stones on the ground here. So anytime any of you move on these stones, you take 1d8 points of damage for every five feet you move and have to roll a reflex save to see if it does permanent damage to your feet. Right. Um, and that is going to negate any chance of uh, five foot stepping where I am. Um, does Did Metra share uh, anything she learned as far as to subtype for the purposes of greater bane? I don't remember. I think you know that you're dealing with some sort of aberration, but that's all you know. All right, I'm going to put on uh, bane aberration and see what happens. Here comes the first attack, and let's hope they don't have that much reach. Uh, crack die. That is going to be a 25 to hit against Touch AC. That is a touch. That is a touch. That is a hit, uh, and it will take an attack of opportunity as it does have 15 feet of reach, and it misses on the AOL. Okay, and do I apply Bane damage? It sure do. All right, there you go. Here we go. That will be 29 points of damage on the first attack. Okay, okay. Let's hope they don't have combat reflexes. Here comes the second attack. That is going to hit with a 30. 30. Um, that will be 32 points of damage on the second attack. Okay. Third attack. Ooh, that's going to be a hit with a 25 against nice. Touch AC. Yup. Kill it. Uh, that will be 31 points of damage on the third attack. Ooh, okay. Final attack. Come on, give me a big crit. Give me a big crit. Uh, 16 against Touch AC. Still a hit. Big, nice. ugly creature. And you can see them, right? All you guys have the ability to see in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... 34 points of damage oh, on the final attack. It is still up. Uh, oh. Should have got up close and deadly on that last one, but lessons learned. Moving lessons on. learned. It is uh, the Gug that is dead's turn. He <laughs> remains. He rises <laughs> from the dead. Uh, it now goes to Metra's turn. Metra, you're right next to this thing, and you do see it. But yeah. you realize that Nestor doesn't have that ability. Uh, that is true. It would be good if it were dead. Mm. That would be mm. awesome. You know what? Let's do something fun. Okay. Yeah, I like, uh, fun. I I like, like it that. when it's fun. Hi. fun. That let's, sounds fun. Let's pull out an 8th level spell. Whoa. Whoa. Slow down. I mean, it might be a little bit of a waste because Baron lit it up. It's a huge waste. Whoa. Enormous waste. Whatever it is. 
You saying fun? <laughs> I thought we were going to have fun. I thought we were going to have fun too, but now Joe uh, poured a bunch of water on my fun. <laughs> it's an eighth level spell. It's a sloppy steak situation. All right, Skid <laughs> takes one class at the University of Toronto, and he's a real <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Right. Oh, I'm so frightened slash excited to see what this is. I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Joke and leave me alone. Okay. I'm assuming this thing has spell resistance. Uh, why would you assume that? Yeah, because it's, it's easily killed creature that we'll have no problem with. Does uh, it have spell resistance? Do I need uh, to roll? No, you don't. But you oh. do need to roll to cast defensively that in case do. it has another attack of opportunity. That Remember, do. what do you need to, now uh, on the D20 with an eighth level spell? Uh, four or both. Okay. Not, or, it's not guaranteed. Or better. This is to avoid the AOO in the event that it has more than one combat reflexes. Natural six. <laughs> wow. Just got it. Just wow. got it. So Metra, seeing this thing, knowing that Nestor can't see it, and that he can't take a five-foot step, and that I can't take a five-foot step, mm-hmm. I don't care for any of this, and that it, even moving <laughs> is going to cause us damage, just raises her hand and concentrates the energies drawing in power from the other planes and it's just like be gone and it is banished to oh, an extra nice. dimensional labyrinth oh <laughs> what Maze? no save no save no save wow wow, wow. and this just works this just works Holy shit! Is so, that why? Is that maze? Is that is maze? Oh my god! Oh, so it's any creature. It doesn't have to be an outsider. Any creature. Any creature. One target. Wow. One creature. Holy shit! Wait a minute. Where is the line? You have to draw a line somewhere. You yes. can't do that to the boss. Each round on its turn, it may attempt a DC twenty intelligence check to escape the labyrinth yeah, as a full yeah. round action. Ah, okay. Wow. Cool. Wow. So Metra does. So Metra banishes it. Oh, by the way, Minotaurs. Unaffected. Oh, that's right. That goes. Oh, that's so great. That is that's so, so clever. Why? So they're just good at mazes. Unaf- they're from Min- labyrinths. That's what, yeah, were, that's the why. Was, the labyrinth was built to house the abomination that was the Minotaur. Oh, right. I didn't realize that. And uh, Knossos. Yeah. Uh, only plane shift would help oh, no, me, uh, me a character get out of there. They can't teleport out of the maze. They can't dimension door out of the maze. Plane shift, they can. Uh, that, cool spell, right? That is very, very cool. Very I cool. mean, it's not a terribly, terribly hard intelligence check to beat, but it takes you out for a whole round. No, that's, yeah, that's yeah. hard, though. Yeah. 20? 20. Like, on a for average creature, like, you yeah. have to roll every, each round... You know, it's if Dude, like at least like an eighteen or oh, something. You know? Yeah, eighteen or more. That's why it's like a broken mechanic. It's a fantastic thing to have on your side. Like, yeah, yeah. You can be one of the smartest people on the planet, and you have to roll a natural sixteen to get yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you know, you, when you when you fight uh, more intelligent creatures, it's, it's built in there with they've got spell resistance. They probably got a plus eight to their intelligence. You right. know, you're not going to be able to pull that. But for this, you could get them out of the out of the. John for yeah. a couple rounds at least. I, yeah, took the, you know. I took this belt for all the times when we're stuck in some random jam where all we need is just if like, only that guy yeah. was in an extra dimensional maze. Right? <laughs> right. <Yeah. We're> like, <laughs> only that remember guy. all the times where we've said that to each other. <laughs> but like when Dogworth died, and we all we needed was like an extra round to reposition. Right. And, and we couldn't get away, and you were going to, like, this would be, that was, I was like, okay, that and spell is great for that it re- I mean, it is, it was such a thing. Like, it was big in, like, Baldur's Gate. Yep. It was the most frustrating thing to have cast on you. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> terrible, but it's a tab on your side, amazing. Very, uh, very cool. Do you move at all? Yes, and I tell Nestor exactly where it is, and I warn that it might reappear, reappear there in a round. 
Okay. And then I will move. So I got. Can I roll acrobatics to avoid the damage, or is the damage automatic? I think the damage is all automatic. I read it this morning, and then I. Uh, I just want to make sure that I'm not. Uh penalizing over penalizing you any creature moving on foot into or through the spells area moves at half speed that's one thing yep. uh, so you can't take a five foot step in addition each creature moving through the area takes 1d8 points of piercing damage for each five feet of movement through the spiked area oh, and then if you take damage uh you have to roll a reflex save to avoid injuries um and just standing in a square that has this has no you're effects. fine standing in it yeah you've already taken the damage to get there presumably uh yeah no you it's take it's, damage yeah you take damage it's a level four spell it's a pretty cool little Good ability spell. yeah makes that whole hallway uh kind of tricky okay Metra will move the full complement of her half speed movement to back up near Baron and take three d eight points of three d eight points of damage I'm assuming Ugh. and I will roll my reflex save okay rolled an eight a seven and a five whoa uh, so you'll 20. take twenty points of damage and whoa. I roll a natural eighteen on my reflex save okay so. What is that total? Uh, that is a 33. 33, you're good. All right, so you don't take any permanent damage, which can be just taken away by a cure spell. Uh, cool. All right, so Metra, I was hoping you would just, I would hoping you were going to keep that thing around and then not be able to move and then have to roll a reflex save against the pit to see if you fall in, but you didn't do that. You sent him to a maze. I hope he's having fun. Could, maybe it's a corn maze. Maybe it's fine. It's kind yeah. of like what Beetlejuice does. But he's like, get out of here. And he sends them to where the sandworm is. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what you just did. It is Nestor's turn. Nestor, uh, this, this enemy, you could feel its presence. You just couldn't see it. Now it's gone. All right. And he hears Metra's instructions. It's a, it's a clever bit of magic. Is that new? It's, I don't think you've used new. that yet. <laughs> I just got it. I just you got are it. getting more and more interesting and more and more impressive, I must say. Day by day, dear. And he is going to unleash a full attack on the creature that he can see one square of on the opposite side of the pit. Yeah, he sure can. He's just, just where he's standing. Just! He definitely doesn't want to move. He's just like, you know, he just plants his feet in a safe spot. Natty 17 on the first attack with the many shots. Yikes. Uh, That is 51 points of damage. Okay, 51 points of damage on the first. All right, second attack. Uh, That is a 34 to hit. 34 is a hit. Okay. Uh, 26 points of damage. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, third attack. Uh, third attack. Do, 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 do is a 34 again. 34 is a hit. Uh, 29 points of damage. Okay. All right. Fourth attack. Rapid shot on. Uh, I believe it's probably a miss. That is a 23 to hit. 23 is a miss. Last attack. Another miss. Another miss. Nestor lights this guy up right in the thighs. Boom, boom, boom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Uh, and before Sir Will goes, it will be the one behind the pillar. Sir Will, you can see this one behind the pillar. This one has revealed itself. I think it did some sort of attack. This might have been the one that cast Unholy Blight. Oh, last episode. yeah. Ooh. Cast that and said, I'm going back to the pillar. Sir Will, this is what you see. Oh, dear. This creature moves a little bit past the pillar so you see it more visibly and then you watch its body do what the other one did it like compresses itself into a flat line that makes a little bit taller 
and it reaches up into what just looks like the air above him, or it, and it crawls into a space that you cannot see mm. and disappears. Rope trick. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Extra dimensional jaws all it's over the fun. place. That. I wonder if he can see his buddy in the maze. It's like, yo! <laughs> hey! Billy! Exit's over here! Turn left! <laughs> I can see from up here! My left! Oh, it's a dead end, dude! It's a dead end! What's your intelligence? <laughs> Sir Will, it is your turn. You've got one of these guys right up in your business, and you know he's going to act immediately after you. <laughs> okay. Three arrows sticking in its thigh. Three four. 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 four! four arrows sticking in its thigh. Uh, all right. In that case, I am going to. Hmm, this is tough. I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna, just gonna try to take it out. So, Sir Will has jumped through over this pit. Uh, Lexington taking this damage as we go over the spikes. He's got Roselight out, his longsword, uh, and he just is now in melee with this creature. It reveals himself, but doesn't hit Sir Will. And Sir Will just turns and starts fighting from uh, Wolfback. Uh, <laughs> just full attacking. Just swiping, trying to cut this thing down. But before he does, he smites evil. Ooh. There you go. So and it's like suddenly his tiny blade glows with the power of the gods. They're chaotic good. And his not looks so tiny anymore. And uh, he starts stabbing away. Slashing away, um, trying to rid this world of evil. First slash is a 38 to hit. That is a hit. Uh, I'm sorry. That is, that is, uh, that's incorrect. Uh, it is a 36 to hit, I believe. Still a hit. Yeah, 36. Still a hit. Uh, okay. And that is 29 points of damage. Okay. He comes back uh, across the other side. That is 35 to hit. 35's a hit. 29 points Woo. of damage, right? Yeah. Dead. Oh, yeah! Yes! yes. <laughs> yes. It slices and it goes down. You see, it's, as it dies, one of its arms gets really long. So weird. Weird. Weird long arm. And then he'll call back, The other one! It went up into the ceiling! Somewhere into a space I can't see, Metra! It is now the one that was sent into the maze's turn, and uh, let's see if he comes out of the maze. See if he finds his way. He does not. <laughs> uh, all right, so you only have... Well, actually, right now you have zero enemies that you can see. One is in a maze, and one just disappeared into thin air. Let's stay in initiative here and see what you guys want to do, if anything. It is Baron's turn, top of a new round. Do I see the creature? You do not. Even So it's not on the ethereal plane, it's not invisible. No. Hmm. Can I do a perception check for any telltale signs of where it may have gone or disappeared? Troy doesn't know where it is and <laughs> thinks it might be on the ethereal plane right now, so he's checking. <laughs> I can just tell by the look on his face. I very confidently said no. In a yeah. uh, Actually, I should check. Uh, <laughs> that's always the best. So you ask a player, you're like, wait, does that ability da-da-da? And they go, yep. And then slowly lean up to their computer and start typing vigorously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not your turn, Metra, but I will say this. I can see it. 
No, you can't see okay. it. But I imagine you were watching the battle. You know what I mean? I'm not going to make you roll a perception check to see if you saw it, what Sir Will saw. You're watching all around you, and you saw it enter an ethereal space for a moment and then wink out. So it went onto the ethereal plane, but then it just kept going, and now you cannot see it. Hmm. Well, it stands to reason it can't have gone far. Otherwise, a physical barricade wouldn't have stopped it from uh, escaping. Hmm. So... It looked like it went through a door that just phased into existence. It went into there, went on the ethereal plane, and just kept climbing up. The timekeepers. Hmm. What? Is... Who casts these spikes on the ground? Are they permanent? One of these jaunts. Does it go away if they're dead? Um... Mm, no. No. I don't think so. I think, it, like all these spells, it, it lasts and for the duration. Okay. Which in this case is ours. All right. Uh, I guess let's very carefully get out of these spikes and then wait to see what happens. Because this guy could get out of the. Could get out of the. Uh, if you take a five foot step and take, well, it's not your turn. It's Baron's turn. But just to give you an idea, if you took a five foot step down, you could dimension door all three of them without them having to move. You'd just take one d eight points of damage. Yes. I don't want to tell you a player character, but that would be a smart move. <laughs> If you're interested in the smart move. But it is Baron's turn. Baron, you don't see any uh, any trouble here. I will hold until Metra goes. Is Metra's close to me in the initiative, I think, at this She's point? She's next. Okay, I'll hold until Metra goes and see what happens. And then I'll take my action after I see what Metra does. Metra, what do you think? I move five feet, cast a message door? You just want to deal 1d8 points of damage to me. <laughs> so bad. It's the only way I can do damage to you. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll, move, I'll, I'll dimension door us out of there. Come on, eight. Come on, kill shot. Two points of damage. Okay. Yeah. So Metro will just move us back about 20 feet into the room and oh, out of the spikes. Not oh, wow. into the cellar, but out back to where we saw Renfall. Well, there's a guy that's going to eventually reappear, reappear here. So I figured that's uh, going to be hours. So. Yeah, uh, let's talk about this for a second. So, Sir Will, you're left in that room. That thing is going to eventually come back, you think. But I'll tell you right now, it's going to be very hard for it to come back. Uh Taking 20 would take, what, 20 minutes? 20 times the normal time to come back? So you, you've got some time here. If there's something you want to do in this room, that one that went into some sort of ethereal space is gone, as far as you can tell. So uh, why wouldn't they have left before? That's what I said. What are they doing here? Very curious. Mm-hmm. You didn't see some sort of door phase into existence when you first came to the room. You were you could see on the ethereal plane. You didn't see that door. That door appeared somewhere mid-fight. An oh. exit was provided for this monster. Provided. Oh, provided. Oh. So it's going to report upstairs. Oh. The man upstairs. The man upstairs. Exactly what our tactics were. Mm. All right. Well, the little man from the draft board. Would you allow me to retcon and dimension doors into the room so we can search it? No, knowing what you just. I will allow it. Would you let me first? re-roll the D8 damage? Sure. Two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good gamble, Matthew. Let's take those two points. Oh, of damage. hello. Welcome. This is uh, good as well because uh, Baron's stone cunning might come into handy here. Um, there may be other means, but with a teleporting door or whatever the hell they use, probably not. Can I roll a, a spellcraft or a knowledge check on that door? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's gone now, but you can. I remember. I'm going to say you saw it. Yeah. Spellcraft or knowledge what? Uh, spellcraft. I'll aid. Successful aid. Uh, well, that's good because I only rolled a twenty, so twenty-two. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty high level spell. Okay, definitely a spell, pretty high level. 
Um, is there anything else? Would, that, would it suggest to me that there's another caster in the room or that caster could have been elsewhere? It suggests to you that, well, where you can see invisibility and you can see on the ethereal plane, you don't see any caster in this room, so you think there must be a caster that can see into this, this room, room from yeah. someplace, someplace else. We all wave as if we're waving at a security camera. Right. And then we just all give them, slowly give them the figs. Yeah, Nesta gives the figs. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off. I'm coming for you, mate. I'm coming for you. He's mouthing it. Are we still on initiative? Uh, I'm going to take you out of initiative for right now because I'm not interested in that bringing, bringing that monster back in. But I'm going to have you move quickly. And I'll tell you right now, with your stone cunning, with your basic perception, there's nothing of interest in this room. This seems to have been a, a holding pit for these uh, repurposed to, to hold these gugs. You don't know why, what purpose. Um, seems like a place you'd throw prisoners, but you don't see entrails around. Um just very, very strange. The, like I said, the, the windows are boarded up. Everything in here has been destroyed. They seem like they were hungry, um, but nothing of interest in here. No magic. Interesting. Just a, just a weird, weird place. Uh, can I go up uh, to where the creature disappeared into that extra dimensional space, trot right over to where I saw the opening, and then just look up and detect evil up 60 feet? Detect evil up 60 feet, and you don't detect any evil. Maybe he changed his ways on the way up. Yes. Perhaps you're right, Nesta. Change of heart. Let's take down the boards on the windows. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Okay. And all of a sudden... I cast Summon Crowbar. Light everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Blinding. Um, All right. Shouldn't we just... Let's take out a couple boards to be able to see out, but maybe someone looking down onto the windows from the outside wouldn't know that that had changed. You can climb up pull some of those boards off and you look out and it looks like you're looking out an airplane window. Just clouds whipping past. So this does not turn back in onto another part of the castle. It no. just points it's out. Outside, yeah. Yep. So, let's pan out for a second here. There are one, two, three staircases. Now, actually, one of those staircases is the one you came up. But there are two staircases, excuse me, four staircases leading up. There is one in the room where you fought that big fucking troll. There's one in that room where clearly the other troll and the earth elemental came from. There's two in the room where you fought that uh, wood giant posing, or that uh, three-headed dragon posing as a wood giant, Uh, and you know that that leads up to the room with the orcs. There's also that uh, secret ladder that you can use to take you to that room with the orcs. Uh, there's also the 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 outside uh, where that leads to the main entrance and that big pers- the staircase that Metro only saw on the ethereal plane, and then there are two unexplored doors uh, at the far end to the east and the west of the main middle hallway. So that's what's left here: two doors, the uh, courtyard that led to the battlements, and all of the staircases going up. Let's knock out those two doors, and then I'm done with this floor, and we can choose a fun staircase to go up, whichever one y'all want. Although I am now concerned, after meeting that transforming uh, wood giant, about the uh, degree of uh, secrecy we have in our little private attic, um, considering they directed us there to that staircase. I want to throw something out there. Sure. To the group. It is metagamey, but but I think it's an appropriate time to metagame. Gross. We're now 16th level. 
Troy has more or less intimated to us that 16 is probably going to be our top level for this adventure. But I have been known to lie. Have been known to lie. You are an inveterate liar. Mm-hmm. But regardless. <laughs> that I, is, I like the surprise. That's what he's intimated to us. We don't have to clear out every room at this point. We've leveled. We're at, if we're at the kind of top level we're going to get to, we could start making our way up to the next level and not worry about, you know... I, and I, re, I think it's appropriate to, vi- to metagame is because it's a very... It's, I, I don't know that we need to take like a video game-y approach here. Like, we can be like, all right, let's, like, let's go... To the, we know there's stuff with these orcs. Let's go there. Like, we know we want to get up. We need to do X, Y, Z. We have objectives, so... The completionist well, in me. I, yeah, I have, I have two concerns. One is, uh, rather than leveling up, it's just items. Like, just finding more loot that might be helpful. The other is uh, the writers. The writing team still needs time to complete Glass Cannon 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to pad this out a little bit as much as we can. I'm not so. saying go directly to the boss. No, no. We but, wouldn't want um, to play like like Cheater I'm just Joe saying his... writing an adventure is hard and time consuming. Yeah, we're about six weeks behind schedule. So if you want to explore, so it, let's it would just, really help. Let's just hang uh, out here for a little need bit. To, need to buy some time. Can we actually? Can we search staff. this room while we're waiting for these spikes to disappear? Yeah, there's there's nothing. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Let's fall out the moon door. Save ourselves from dying. Head to the various leaders of Calari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spend several weeks in diplomatic meetings <laughs> trying to raise their armies to, to, to follow this castle. Create the final war against the giants and really extend the shit out of this campaign for a Metro- long, long time. Metro will volunteer to remain here so you have some sort of show that way you can always maybe get in contact with her. So you cast fly on us right before we jump out. Yep. That'll work. And I'll and hide. And we just need to find resurrected Gormley. Yes, this Troy, could be good. Do you have the yeah. leaders of all of the nations of Galarian prepped? I do. I didn't think we were going to use them, but I, I do have a home. Let me just open up that dock. Yeah, here they are. Um, <laughs> the problem with this plan is if you leave the castle, you don't know what may happen. By the time you're trying to gather all these leaders, he could just go and start wiping up the true now, wiping out the true nows of the world uh, while you're while you're busy trying to gather the five armies. <sighs> well, I guess we'll have to go to the door in the east then. It's possible. But if we just go and die, you kill everyone. Oh, it's right. true. That's, that's what you're up against. Yeah. There's a ticking clock here. Yeah, I mean, just from a logic storytelling perspective. Just, just logic. I mean, obviously we can't go talk to all the leaders of the world right now if we were in the situation that we might think that's a valid option but we are a hyper accomplished talented strike team and we find ourselves in the midst of the enemy's headquarters yeah their soft at, underbelly yeah at the very <laughs> most opportune time before they can really consolidate their power it's like it would behoove us in this situation without metagaming or worrying about writing yes to 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 act now and finish this while we can without worrying about the glass cannon networks production without schedule. worrying about the production schedule for so what we straight have to the up. storm tower <laughs> <laughs> question serious dead yeah, time I, before I, the start of gcp <laughs> i'm asking you matthew for reals you too grant do you think if we walked into a room right now with Volstice that we would win? Uh, it's a the diciest battle of the entire show. There's so many unknown things. I'm just asking for your gut. Do you think we'd win or lose? Do you think we need more in order to win? 
I think we need more, and I think there's something here that was written in the adventure that might be helpful. Yeah, That's what I'm hoping. and we might Matthew? also be able to weaken him before we face him by doing more of this stuff it's now. True. I think if there's a way to break the orb of dragon kind, yes. Mm. Otherwise, I don't think there's an item that we're going to find. I like. I, I feel like that's like the video gamey way. I don't think there's an item we're going to find that's going to make it make make us super powerful. I think we're all very powerful. The thing we have working against us is he can control dragons, and I, we have fared very poorly against dragons in the past. Maybe it's because he's God. But Renfall's <laughs> words really stuck with me about this place being just a cornucopia of magical items. Of course, it ended with Dalgar's deaths, exploring the underbelly. But for yeah. zero items. For zero items. For zero items. You found a bomb. <laughs> found yes. a bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, we weren't allowed to set up. Well, and that might be even more powerful than any items we find is a different yeah. contingency plan. We now know that yeah, it's stuff like... stuff like that. Like, uh, just stuff we can't predict that might affect the, the flow of, of what's happening. I mean... If Skid, Joe, and Grant's characters all fall and Metra's still around, you can teleport down to that bomb and blow it up. Oh, yeah. Take this I mean, place yeah. down. That's definitely what's happening. Yeah. If, yeah. if it goes south, so yeah. you got to get out of here and set off that bomb. Yep. It's like uh, that scene in Lost. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want... No spoilers. On the boat? No. In the pit. On the island? On the island in the pit. Oh, oh the one on the island. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I need to go back and watch Lost. Yeah. I, I, was, I did a gesture that suggest, that was reminiscent of that scene that I'm not going to name. It was very foul. Yes, it was a little sexual. I don't appreciate it in the workplace, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest. I'm glad I don't exist in any of your your thoughts and dreams. Is that how you had sex with Skid in your dream? Um, So we quite loving. So (laughs) the door to the east. The door to the east. Uh, All right. So you're going to go back up through this room where Renfall uh, Metro. Are you going to walk through the spikes? Are you going to be kind and use another use of dimension door to get everybody past? We're trying to just just wait. You know, we'll wait here for wait hours. hours. We, we don't have to wait. I can use the broom and ferry people across without any uh, okay. use right. of yeah, any right. spells. Yeah, because if you waited, this thing would come back, and I don't want to yeah. fight him anymore. Um, <laughs> okay. Are you going to do anything to prevent this guy from coming back and start running around this level of the castle? Uh, put a hungry pit uh, that will a, with a permanency spell uh, right at the spot where he was mazed away. Did you take permanency? No. Yeah. You know what I will do is I'll use the liar building again. Liar. So while we're ah. searching ah. it... I'll, and I'll start let start building a wall along here where the barricade was. Okay, and to block it off, you're building it. Okay, so thirty minutes later, I like it. Thirty minutes later, I play. Uh, it, I, I I play a tune. Oh, you know what you should do is build another maze. <laughs> so like he gets out, it's like fuck. This thing keeps going. Yeah, I build another maze to really hammer home <laughs> that psychological torture. Yeah, let me just roll a d100. 300 times a d20 300 <laughs> times see if he comes back you know what I'm gonna say he doesn't come back <laughs> okay. uh, cool. and you build the wall and uh, just as the wall's coming up <laughs> this thing comes out and uh, yeah so now you want to go up back through the room where Renfall appeared after you found his uh, what was that weapon of his was a, a large uh, morning star flail gargantuan I believe. maybe gargantuan uh, yeah uh, actually I can't use the liar so I'll just use wall of stone Okay. I already used the liar once this week. That's right. Uh, That's quicker. All right. And you want to go to this door that is to the far east, about 50 feet away from where the hallway turned down to lead into the uh, training room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You come up to that door. And what do you do? Place yourselves on the map. Yeah, that door. Uh, detect magic and do perception check for traps. Okay. Uh, no magic. I will also perceive for traps. 
You do not detect any magic. I'll detect evil. You do not detect any evil. 38 for traps. You do not see any traps. And the door is unlocked. It is almost too welcoming. Maybe these gloves will come in handy one last time, and Baron will stealth roll if he has to, but hope that the silent spell extending from his gloves will help us get into here quietly. So I'll do the stealth roll. Um, That is going to be a 25. Okay, so you stealthily open the door. See a small room with a window. Light coming in through the window. Lights up the whole effing space. The whole room is tiled with fine ceramic. It contains a large showering area with an enlarged porcelain shower basin equipped with two silver faucets. Looks like a, uh, a bathroom, but really just to bathe. There's no toilet. Skid, do you want to take a shower before the show? Well, I'm just now. I'm just <laughs> adjusting the the Zillow price of this of this building again. Okay. I got so another. I didn't half know it was bath. another a whole like three quarters bath. Two and a half, two and three quarter bath. Detect um, uh, magic. No magic. You already did that. I thought we detected evil. You did that too. Is there any uh, like? Sir will come into the room. Nice and, and he'll get kind of close to the tub. But there's no toilet? No toilet. This oh, is see. just a shower. Is, is there water in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you see in the water? Yeah. Are you supposed to pee in it? Is it, is it pretty clean? Pee in the water. Uh, it, it looks uh, like someone bathed in there recently. <laughs> pee in the water. Ugh. Looking up above? Anything up above? Are there pipes? Are there large openings? No, the, the, the two silver faucets are coming directly out of the wall. So the piping would be in within the wall. In the water. So Will's going to come over to the window. Just scan out at the sky as it's moving by. Look down. What does he see when he looks down? Just see the, the tops of clouds. Can't um, see through to the, to the ground. Can't see through the ground. From time to time, like, as it's moving, you'll see, like, a piece of... Maybe is that a mountain? Is that... Farmland. Farmland, yeah. So we're really high up. Way high up, yeah. Guy flies by. Hey! Wave. How's it going? Sweet and hurt. What is that? Oh, that man. He says, roll down, roll down your window. <laughs> he flies by. Adrian. That's, it's awe-inspiring. He says, Adriel, I hope you're okay out there. It's breath-fogging the window. Adriel falls right by the window. Oh. Yeah. Oh. He's still falling. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Uh, he'll trot back and go wherever you guys want to go. Is this, is it, wait, is it orc time? No, we have a door to the west. Yeah. And before we do the orc dance, do we want to turn the faucets to see what happens or no? I feel like it might, like, let our location out. So I'm leaning towards no and just going to the door to the west. Yeah, nothing magical here. Door to the west. Door to the west. Go to the door to the west. Detect magic. Detect magic, detect evil. You don't detect any evil. You do detect a little magic. A little. And then it's gone. Then it's gone. Hmm. Um, detect, detect again? Is it something that's cycling through? You hold it there, nothing. It's like there for a second, and then it's gone. We stay out there for wow. three days. Does it come back? It does from time to time. <laughs> wow. The magic was there, but it's gone. It's just like our relationship, Matthew. <laughs> No traps on the door. It's unlocked. Must have been love. All right. Uh, stealthily open it. It's over now. 
21. <laughs> 21, you open it stealthily, and it's the privy. Oh, why you put the toilet Dude, all the way on the opposite side of the A mile and a half the, to the shower? That's insane. Literally, this is... Four hundred and thirty-five feet away from the bedroom, the, sh- the bath. Take You're eight thousand dollars off the asking price before we even talk job. anymore. It's uh, also the whole room is tiled with fine ceramic. It's privy. There's two separate wooden stalls with a giant-sized toilet seat. <laughs> each. Stalls. There's there's concern about privacy still. <laughs> They're giants, but they still like to go in private. When you think back to you know fighting hill giants and fighting ogres and trolls, uh, here it is pristinely clean. Mm. It's not the grossness of uh, the giants you fought at third, fourth level. It is pristinely clean here, just like the kitchen. Or, uh, yeah, the dining room kitchen. Pristinely clean. Yeah, Who's I can't cleaning? imagine the cave troll that we fought in book one using a garter robe like this. <laughs> right. <laughs> would would we be able... Would, is this hole for this giant's butthole so big that we would just fall in if we tried to sit on it? It'd oh, yeah. Be, like, ridiculous? Yeah, it'd be like... Uh, I can't think of a good metaphor. It's a big butthole. It's big, 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 big butthole. Yeah, you, you like dive in like Scrooge McDuck diving into coins. <laughs> Can we spend a couple minutes, uh, everyone who has detect magic, kind of like trying to find that source that comes back and well, it's, and it's gone. Yeah, did I? Maybe uh, it's like a it's a little magical that just like removes the stink. Yeah, like yeah. A Febreze. Yeah, cantrip. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's magical poopery. Yeah. <laughs> Do I, did I get a sense That's of fun. where where that the source of the magic when I when I cast it or did it go away too quickly it went away too quickly it looked like it was coming from the toilet area but you look yeah, there I now think, it's nothing there I Someone. think it's magic uh, yeah it's like magic it's like Mr. Clean summon mm-hmm. Mr. Clean or magic bubbles or it like bubbles. sucks all the poo into like an extra dimensional space dumps it once <laughs> yeah. in a while yep Baron has regret around not muckraking on the Chelish Devil so he is going to do a, a thorough perception check around these turlets it's gross you said it was so clean. It is clean. It's not like the Odiug pit. 35. Uh, nothing. Okay. Nothing all right. at all. All right. Let's, or, let's leave. Abandon the toilets for now. Abandon hope. All who enter here. So you've got the staircases leading up to the orcs. You've got the oh, wait. ladder going uh, straight Nestor, through. real quick. Said, oh, hold on. Said, no, go ahead without me. And he goes in with the ticks out his cold iron dagger and... Uh, Carves Metra's phone number into one of the, That's the stalls for a good for a good time <laughs> for a good time. <laughs> good time. That'll get her. Uh, God, <laughs> amazing. Metra goes back in and makes sure makes sure all the commas in the right place. <laughs> no, it's it's the worst spelled thing you've ever seen. It's yeah, all I thought Nestor couldn't read. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. It doesn't. It's it's nonsense. It's, it's like if you look at it, like, you couldn't decipher it if you had comprehend languages. From what you see, you have left. Once again, there are the two staircases uh, leading up to the room with the orcs. There's the secret ladder leading up straight through the uh, the castle itself. Obviously, the next floor would take you into a secret door where those orcs are hanging out. There's a staircase way down to the southwest, a staircase sort of like right in the middle next to that fulcrum uh, room. And then there are the, the battlements and the, the courtyard that... Uh, Metro only saw on the ethereal plane. Um, you know, there's a big open courtyard. You look past those doors uh, to see this sort of landing pad, huge entrance area, ceremonial entrance, and then you walked up those stairs to the battlements. But you were you were moving pretty quickly, so there might be something there you want to look at. Maybe not. 
Uh, that's those are your options, and then there's still that room with the four oozes. But you were like, "Fuck that!" Doesn't no, seem like that. there's anything important there. I want to fight some orcs. Let's do it. Now, I'm do you, feeling nostalgic. Does Sir Will want to pincer maneuver them since he has difficulty getting his steed ready from the stairwell and the number of turns? So we attack from the stairwell and or we attack from the secret ladder, and you come up the stairs. Uh, that's fine, but I wouldn't even start up the stairs until you were already in there. Got it. Just because uh, he would make so much noise going up the stairs. But, I mean, he could actually make noise and draw them to him and then even come back downstairs if he was really in danger and you could be behind them. That and then just cool. go up the other stairs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, do you want me to do that? Do you want me to attract attention or try not to, but if I do, it's okay? Well, it would be... It would be to op- As an opening volley, it would be advantageous for Metro to have them all in one place. Right. Then... Once chaos ensues, we can do whatever we want. But I, because I can basically, there are a number of spells I can use to hit all of them at once. Troy, with uh, Baron's knowledge, engineering as a dwarf, could this seems pretty simple? Could we know how how far the stairs are? Like how many rounds it would take to get up the stairs? Uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even have you roll on it uh, from the bottom of the stairs to the top. Four rounds. But if you're Ooh. double moving, if you're on Lexington, move and double 140 moving, feet in a round. Well, that's the, the move of 140 feet in a round. Yeah, you could get there in two rounds. Would that be less than what you would need to resummon Lexington from the ladder or whatever you need to do to get ready? Uh, or is it negligible? Well, you know, I, I you also want to save the number of times you can summon him in a day, right? Yeah, and I don't want to use a casting a fly or anything like that because he can't climb really that well either. So, whatever. It doesn't matter if he gets there a couple rounds late. It's fine. Okay. So, uh, it would be the same difference if he went behind you all in the stairs. You know what I mean? It would be, and he'd be using multiple abilities. So. So, the idea, just so we're clear, Troy, mm-hmm. is that we're going to try to open the, open the door when we get up there quietly. Mm-hmm. We'll roll whatever checks you need. They're called stealth checks against their perception. Because we want to do a surprise round. Right. Well, you have to, by the rules of the game beat their perception with your stealth. Now, here's the thing. I mentioned to you, unlike the Ash Peak guards who are on high alert, they're feasting and stuff, so they're going to take a penalty to still. their perception. They're doing stuff. Um, but you still got to beat it. And, and there's a lot of people in there, so you might beat most of them, but there might be some that see and like, oh, and they're going to be a part of the surprise run as well. That's what we're dealing with. Now, Sir Will is going to come clunking up the stairs. Are you going to wait until they jump and then you're going to come running up? What's your plan? Yeah, my plan is to wait to hear the sounds of combat and then come running up. I, I, I'm, uh, yeah. Okay. Are you yeah. pre-summoning Lexington or using that? I'm riding Lexington. You're riding Lexington right now. Okay. Right up the stairs. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna be like a, a round away. Yeah. Go halfway up the stairs. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna give. I'll give. Uh, when we get into place, before we open the door, I'm gonna give Nestor, Baron, and myself a cloak of shadows before we open the door. Ooh. Just, an, just a little extra bonus to our stealth roll. And I'm actually, sorry, I'm going to go to the other side. So I'm going to come up the stair that looks like it comes up on the opposite side from the fireplace. Okay. In, in the spirit of the pincer maneuver idea. I like it. And do you, uh, Metra, I don't know your spell slots, maybe I'll spoken for, do you want to do protection from energy fire on us again? Going through the fire, it'll be on that level. Oh, um, I would prefer to st- save the spell slots. Sure, I'm uh, I'm kind of hand waving the fire, and okay, it's just I'm not that interested in. It. I was like, 
I don't think that I, we know there's a, we know there's some kind of other creature there that's not a not an orc at the, least one. Yeah, but. you know there's some other creature in there. That's what Metra saw. The reason I'm hand waving fire is you can just skirt around it. It doesn't take up the whole uh, width of that fireplace. Uh, but yeah, you know that there are a dozen or so uh, orcs in there and some other creature that you could sense but not see. All right. So Sir Will, atop Lexington, his majestic magical steed trots. Quietly, halfway up the staircase to, and he the... hears like. Actually, you hear. <laughs> Come on! They're doing a, they're doing a coordinated dance number. It's a celebration. Is that a wedding from the eighties? <laughs> well, maybe it is a wedding. We don't know. Could be a reception. Come on! Let's crash it. There's a party going on right here. Do you go up the? Oh, so you go up the uh, staircase to the left of the uh, room with the uh, that sort of servants' mess. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you trot, 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 trot halfway up. Meanwhile, the rest of you, I'm gonna need some climb checks if you're not flying. DC ten, yeah. I believe I said. I'll just fly. It's automatic for Esther. Uh, automatic for me. Thank you. Twenty-two. Twenty-two, and Metra is going to fly. Yeah. Let's go. To the map. All right. Yes. Oh, I see Sir Will disembodied cool? on the side. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sir Will, you're coming up the staircase. When you went up the uh, left side, I don't know if I said this to you guys before, if you did a, a check, but both of those staircases met and then turned into one staircase at the halfway point, and now you're coming up. Fancy. Oh, okay. And it's there like is landing. no staircase going to the, the fire giant level, right? That's what we discovered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no staircase going to the fire giant level that you see here, but you did see in the fire giant room a, a staircase leading up to right. a level that you couldn't access via the, the secret ladder. So I only see five orcs here. Yeah, yeah, you only see five orcs. Oh, no. There's a lot of room here that I'm not revealing to you. Let me get those stealth checks. Okay. I'm so everyone gets a plus nine. Well, now, this is Cloak of Shadows. That's personal, though, isn't it? Is it? I think it is. Let's see. Matthew is a classic You can grant one target spell. a Cloak of Shadows. Oh, okay. Great. I am going to use my stealth synergy teamwork feat to take the highest roll out of everyone's roll on my stealth roll. So let me know your uh, roll in addition to the total. It's pl- What is the bonus? Plus 10. Uh, well, I rolled a three, so that's a 43 for me. <laughs> Amazing. 51 for Metro. 43, 51. What, uh, what did you roll on the die? 90, 17. Oh, great. There you go. That's Take great. And fantastic. Need. I rolled a nine, but it gets bumped up to a 17, which is a 44. 44. And then, Sir Will, did you get any buffs? No, but you're staying. You're waiting. I don't get a surprise round. Yeah, I, I'm waiting till I hear fighting. Then I'll just start charging up and see what I see. We might actually want to go into initiative now because it, there is actually a relevant bat, a mechanical effect to Cloak of Shadows, which is that creatures that fail to beat your stealth check are not aware of you and treat you as, as if you had total concealment. Oh, wow. Mm. So uh, shooing the surprise round to jump right into initiative or using I mean, that? I think we just want to track the, how many rounds of this we have because we only have... I'll tell you exactly. We've done this before. We should roll initiative. You don't have to roll them into it yet. Right. And then take our one actions, whatever they are, as the opening 
and I, I'm not in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll still roll initiative, but I won't get to act until the orcs are all in there and I'll act. And we'll have total concealment against those that do not detect us until it dissipates. Until they see us, and at which point... You're basically going to have total concealment during the surprise round. Yeah. So see what you want to do for that. How many of you are going to go charging into the room? Uh, should be interesting. So, yeah, you know what? Think about it. Total concealment is really only going to help you in the first round when you would no longer have it. Yeah. Yeah. So It's eight, eight rounds. We have, you have that cloak of shadows on. And here's why it's better for you to have us roll initiative now. Mm. Let's say you're like, well, the combat hasn't started yet. I'm going to wait till Metra casts Consume to start the combat where she gets all these orcs ah, with some huge AoE spell. It's like, okay, then the combat starts. Roll for initiative. Mm-hmm. If Metra rolls a natural 20... It's like, what is that? That is, is that the surprise round? Yeah, no, I'm if having you know a roll I mean? initiative. I'm just trying to get clear on where we stand here because it's a little tricky. But uh, if the concealment's not going to really take effect unless you decide to skip the surprise round. Yeah. You know. But it's, so it would be round one, Metro does Cloak of Shadows on Nestor. Round two, Cloak of Shadows on Baron. Round three, Cloak of Shadows on me. Round four, one of the, Baron opens the door with the silent glove. Right. I cast something, Nestor shoots something, and then, you know, and then all hell breaks. And then the orcs enter. And round four is the surprise round, effectively. Roll for initiative. All right. (laughs) Roll, 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 This is, no exaggeration, the largest initiative tracker I have ever used (laughs) in all my years of gaming, and perhaps... Will always be the largest initiative oh, tracker I have Wow, ever interesting. In all my years. What did you get, Baron? 30. 30. Ooh, that's high. Nestor. Uh, 25. 25 for Nestor. Sir Will. Natural 20. Oh! For Sir Will of it. Clunk, 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 for a 24. 24 <laughs> for Sir Will. Matra. 15. 15. Natural 6. For Matra. Let me hit sort. Let me hit save. I mean, <laughs> this is just stupid. Skid, your your ears would start bleeding if you saw this initiative <laughs> tracker. It is a surprise round. Baron opens that passageway silently, and you see what you see. This is a, your vantage point that I'm allowing you to see. In fact, I'll give you a little bit more because it is well lit in here. They're having a, a hell of a time. You know, it's not a party. It's an orc. It's an orc thing. It's an orc, John. Uh, you're going to see straight across the room to uh, the far wall. The far wall in which stands a door. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. And now, then we do it, but we we can assume that the the room extends both north and south. Along oh the table. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, in fact, I can I can give you a little bit more. I can give you a little bit more from where you're standing, looking at an angle. You'll see more of this feast hall to the north. Oops, oh, there's a more morks. How about you look a little bit to the south? Oh, nano, nano. Oof, even morks. I don't know if I uh, gave you this flavor text before. I'll, I'll give it to you now, uh, just to remind you of the the setting. A grandiose feast hall fills this level of the castle's main tower, decorated with luxurious curtains and huge frescoes depicting impossibly high mountains, vast 
stormy seas, and other awe-inspiring landscapes. An exceptionally long, sounds like I wrote this, an exceptionally <laughs> long, a surprisingly long tall table with more than 20 high-backed chairs stretches across the chamber from north to south. This table seems to be in a strange state of disarray. It's voluminous. I remember saying that. A voluminous fine <laughs> tablecloths painted with odd inscriptions hang down to the floor but also rise above the table in tent-like points with giant-sized cups, dishes, and other utensils hanging from the edges. They've taken the tablecloth in here and they've turned this fine dining hall into like an orc tent. A massive fireplace faces the table from the eastern wall where you stand and two large stained-glass windows to the north allow natural light from outside to shine in. I'm telling you, this whole table has been turned into a vast tent. They've painted these menacing symbols, perhaps symbols of their various tribes. They've fashioned interior compartments with planks and adapted other giant-sized accessories as furnishings, like giant pewter platters. Look like they've turned them into shields, cutting boards. They've made, like, makeshift doors leading in and out of these tents, bundled curtains up to make beds, and they've created this ramshackle, twisted dollhouse in the feast hall. It is the surprise round. And it is Baron's turn. Mover standard, Baron. Standard action, Baron is going to use his standard action to change his teamwork feat from stealth synergy to target of opportunity so that he can get a shot off against an enemy within 30 feet of him that Nestor also hits. I will be able to change my teamwork feat two more times during the rest of the day. An Inquisitor can do that equal to the modifier of their wisdom score. And of the 11 orcs that you currently see, there are two that are within 30 feet still in the surprise round. Do any of them, I know I'm not there, but just for the audience, do any of them look beefier or different than anyone else, or do they all sort of like look similar? Do any, do, do any appear to be lieutenants or monstrous in a weird way or anything like that? In fact, they do. Now, you don't see this, but that's a fair question. You all have eyes in your head. <laughs> The, the ones directly in front of you and a little bit to the north and south, they all look kind of the same. Nothing too special. They look exactly barren, like the orcs you fought in True Now. Wow. Many months ago. Wow. The two down... Two, the, weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, two weeks ago. No, it was months. It's really been months. I used to keep the calendar. I just uh, stopped. Uh, the two down to the southern end of the table, they look like they have a little more regalia on them. Their emblems are uh, a little more badass uh, they seem like they have better weapons. Uh, I can't remember if they have shields or not. Their pawns have little shield-like things on them, but, so that's an easy way to keep track of them. Yeah, they've got like orc double axes. They've got uh, short bows. They're wearing full plate. Um, Ooh, they don't have oh, shields, but geez. the other guys don't have any of that stuff. You can see that like... Ugh, I just imagine walking into like a fighting pit in Urgear, right? And like this champion gladiator walking out in full plate with yeah. an orc double axe just like swinging it around. Yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be so terrifying. Grand! 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 The place is shaking with the voices screaming. Yeah, and the rest of them just have like studded leather and falchions. 
And uh, some of them have their falchions drawn, some do not. Um, they're kind of waving around. Others are just like shoving their faces full of food. This map here doesn't really show you this tent-like feature, but imagine if they they turn this into a, you know, kind of like what you saw uh, outside of Trunau and when you went to the Red Lake Fort. And a lot of, it's very orc-like. Baron takes his turn. Nestor, it is your turn in the surprise round. Standard or move? Uh, (laughs) This is actually really tough. It is. It is. Nestor. uh, Well, hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, I think he's going to... Without without doing a study target, he's just going to try to find one of the less armored uh, targets mm-hmm. in close to him. Less armored targets. Uh, that would there's one directly in front of you. Uh, there's one the one to the north. Here I'll ping them all. Pretty much the two down the bottom are pretty well armored. All the rest have studded leather. Okay. Um. Do I get a swift action with a surprise round? It's an excellent question. Yes, I do. Okay. I would say it pretty confidently just because you can do a swift action anytime you can do a free action. Right. Okay. You just you can only do one. Right. Are swift actions allowed during a surprise round? Uh, yes. Surprise okay. round. If some, but not all of them. You can also take free actions during the surprise round. Okay. So. Nestor is going to study that target of the less armored guy. Sort of very silently, slowly pull old Jolter back, which is crazy. I should be able to do many shot in this circumstance, but it won't let me. So, uh, pull back a single arrow and fire. He's starting it. Uh, that is a thirty-nine to hit. Thirty-nine hits. And with the sneak damage, that is 52 points of damage. Now, you know orcs have ferocity. They all have ferocity that would keep them alive unless you took them below their con. This arrow, where do you hit him? The neck. The neck. Nestor pulls back the bow and just fires, and it goes straight through his neck and comes out the other side, and it just flops. (laughs) I could, I could just see this in a yeah. movie. I could <laughs> see it. Like, they're just... <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like their buddy more... Everything is, goes quiet. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's so much going on that some of the orcs that are standing right next to him don't even see. But yeah. you do see that some of the other ones are like... Oh, and then you hear an uproar. They start calling out to each other. And then you hear... The battle has begun. Yes! And we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, I'm getting into I've been it. waiting for this. Oh, you guys I have been waiting. New York's for weeks. Yeah. Weeks and weeks. Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.
Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.